Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. We're going to continue with the series we've been doing this summer on Tuesday nights where we're looking at how not to be deceived. Because when you look at the warning that Jesus gives in Matthew 24, he says, be not deceived. Our job to not be deceived. Amen. And so to do that, we have to recognize that we could be deceived, that we could go into deception and ask the Holy Spirit to get everything of deception out of our hearts. Amen. And so um, we've been doing that. Has anybody had some victory with that? Amen. And so, Lord, open my eyes. So when I was praying this morning and hanging out with God this morning, as he's given me a lot of stuff for the end times, but he showed me for tonight to go to Mark 8. So we're going to do the whole thing in Mark 8. And we're going to see here how to have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. Amen. I'm just going to read uh, the Amplified. Mark 8, 1. In those days when there was again a large crowd gathered before the Lord and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel compassion for this crowd. They've been with me now for three days and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them away to their homes hungry, they will faint on the road because some of them have come a long way. I want us to see something here about compassion. God is not only concerned with our spiritual uh, part of our lives. Amen. He was concerned with their natural part of their life. And most people could fast more than three or four days to get home or five days. But he was concerned that they had been there. They had hung out with him. They had heard him preach and teach. And now he knew that their food had run out, that they, they couldn't have brought enough food or food that would have kept and so he seriously cares about us. And I want us to really get a hold of that. Amen. He's not trying to punish us. He's not trying to hurt us. He already died to get everything evil out of the way. Amen. Amen. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us like a heavenly father loves us. Amen. He, he loves us with a perfect love. And so he does care about what you're going through. He cares about your bills. Amen. He cares about if there's food in your refrigerator or not. He cares about uh, money in your bank account to pay for the gasoline prices right now. Okay. He really cares about that. And so get that in your heart. Get that in your heart. The same God who cared about these people he preached to for three days actually was concerned. He didn't say, well, now you've got spiritual food. Now you're well fed. Let's get out of here and go celebrate disciple, you know, my followers and let this multitude of people go home. So he sees you. Amen. He really sees you. He sees what you're struggling with. He, he, he sees it. He's already paid to deliver us from all darkness. Amen. It's a done deal. Amen. It's a done deal. 
And so wherever you need that miracle, wherever you need that miracle, he's already paid for it. Okay? Really get that. Quit trying to do, you're not trying to get a miracle from God. You are asking Holy Spirit to help you to believe to receive. Amen? To believe to receive. You, you're believing to receive your breakthrough. You're believing to receive your healing. You're believing to receive the revelation and the strategy that you need for your job, that you need um, to pray for your children, whatever it is. He is not asking you to do it. He's asking you to believe that he has already done it and he has a way of escape for every situation. He knows how to bring you into wholeness. Amen. Now, you, you have to choose to go there. You have to decide, I'm not going to let the enemy win. I'm not going, no matter what, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to let the enemy win, no matter who the enemy's using to try to hurt me. Amen. I'm not going to judge the person. Then I'll just become what I've judged. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to release. And I'm going to ask God. Plus, he knows where I'm at. He knows what I'm going through. He knows everything about us. Amen. So here's this powerful God. He just preached for three full days and nights to thousands of people. And he turns to his disciples and says, you know, I'm concerned about them because some of them have a long way home and they don't have any food. I know they don't have any food left. Isn't that amazing? So he says, Mark 8, 4, his disciples replied to him, where will we be able to find enough bread here in this isolated place to feed these people? Okay, here comes the logical crowd in. Amen, here comes the logical crowd. And so think about that. I want you to think about these are people who have watched Jesus do miracles. I don't know at what point in time this is happening, but they've seen him at least for months, if not years by now, do miracles, right? They've seen him. They just heard him preach for three days. I'm sure in the preaching, he healed people. People were set free. People got uh, deliverance. I'm sure he did not have boring three-day conferences. Amen? And so there's this powerful time. Think of the presence of God, the pure presence of God at a Jesus conference where he's the speaker he's the healer he's the deliverer so the presence and the power of God was amazing and here's his disciples who were there the whole time listening learning helping maybe catching people whatever they were doing amen and their first response to him saying you know what I can't send these people home hungry what if they faint on the way and they immediately go to intellectually seeing where this will be difficult to do. Okay, I want us to be a people who choose not to intellectually switch into why what we're believing for is impossible. I don't want to stand pretended faith. I wrote a chapter in my book on that today. Amen. I want us to have real faith. Amen. I want us to believe that God is big enough to do more than we could ask or think. And that he cares about us that much. That he cares about us that much. That he can heal any relationship. 
He can set us free from anything. We have to choose. We have to choose to want it, though. We have to choose to trust him and to believe him and to do things his way. Amen? Amen. And you guys are trained and taught the ways of God when it comes to this kind of thing. So here, fallen human nature, even when you've been hanging out in the anointing, is right away going to think, where will we be able to find enough bread in this isolated place to feed these people? Okay, can I encourage us to stop our intellect from jumping in and bringing doubt and unbelief before we even stop to pray for this strategy to see our miracle? Amen? How do, we, how do we just say, okay, Lord, show me. Okay, Lord, teach me. Okay, Lord, how do you want to do this? That should begin to be your first response. Amen? Now, I'm serious. These are things you can really do. Your first response is, okay, Lord, how do you want me to do this? How do you want me to deal with this situation? Lord, how do you want me? And let me say this. We're going to get into this in a minute because it's kind of cool what this leads up to. Quit believing you can't hear God. Quit believing you can't be led by the Holy Spirit. Quit believing that he can't work his uh, character into your heart. Amen? Quit allowing the enemy to seem bigger than God. Amen? Just stop it. Just stop it. Just quit believing he's not going to heal you now. Quit believing he's not going to rescue your children now. Quit believing he's not going to heal your relationships now. Quit believing that he's not big enough. Amen? And begin to trust him. So I, I love the word of God. And it's amazing when God just so honest showing the first thing the natural person responds and does. Amen? So he doesn't rebuke them and say, why can't you just have faith? Now, there are times when he says, you little faiths, which is saying, why don't you believe yet? But this time he hears their question, which is, how are we going to do this? And he doesn't just say, well, figure it out. Sometimes we want to just say, figure it out, don't we? Even about natural things. Sometimes you want to tell your kids or your spouse, just go figure it out yourself. Are your employees? I love the heart of God. I love seeing Jesus. I love seeing this Jesus who just doesn't flip it back at you. We'll figure it out. He stops and he looks at the situation. And everything isn't always an instant correction and an instant rebuke. And I've got to learn this. Amen. I personally have to learn this. I'm asking God to let this go deep in my heart tonight. Amen? Amen? I want to be led by Holy Spirit in my responses. I want to be led by Holy Spirit. How do I respond to this? That if the disciples need it to get to a place, which they do, I'm sure, later on in their life when the Holy Spirit comes, to stop and say, okay, he says we can do this, therefore we can do this. Now, Lord, give me the strategy. What if they had said to him, wow, Lord, you, you, you're telling us to do this, therefore it's possible. Um, do you have some ideas of the strategy we should use? There's nothing wrong asking the Lord for wisdom. Dash strategy, right? Lord, give me the wisdom to see 
this situation changed. Give me the wisdom to pay these bills. Give me the wisdom. And then when you ask for wisdom, what does it say? Believe he's going to give you wisdom every time. Don't ask him for wisdom and not want to hear his wisdom or walk in his wisdom or do what he's telling us. Amen? That's like the, the kid who goes to the parent and says, how do you want me to do this? And then they tell you, and then you don't do it. Why did you ask? Amen. Why did you ask? Don't ask with a preconceived idea of what he has to tell you or you're not doing it. That's kind of manipulation. Amen? So, so here we see the Lord just goes on and he says, um, so the Lord asked him, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. He directed the people to sit down on the ground. I want you to look, there's thousands of people. And here Jesus and his disciples, Jesus just looks at them and says, hey, we're going to do this. And anybody who works around here, you can ask Nicole, you can ask Karen. When I get an idea of what I want to do, that comes from Holy Spirit, I just expect it's going to get done. And thankfully, most of our team here has gotten to a place of believing that God's going to show us how to do it, no matter how far-fetched it sounds. Like when we bought this building, when we're having a speaker come, when we're doing this, when we're going to go to the nations, when we're doing that, it's an automatic, praise God, okay, let, and they don't, as far as I know, sit behind my back and say, that's ridiculous, we'll never do this, I don't know how we're going to do this. I'm pretty sure they don't do that, amen? And, um, and so the Lord begins to give them strategy. Karen, Nicole, which is a miracle, you guys, put together that mentorship web, which is amazing. I know she had a little technical help from Jordan, a little input from Karen, but this was not what she studied in school. And... It's not what she was hired for. And it was so supernaturally given to her by God um, to solve a problem of how do we train these people after we leave. And so I was just amazed when I came back from being overseas and she had this whole website put together. And it had to be a miracle. Now, if Jordan had done it, we wouldn't think it was a miracle. We think it was a gifting in the natural but when Nicole did it, we know it's a miracle. Amen? So that's how, when I'm writing this book now um, on raising the dead, it's a miracle. It doesn't mean it's a great written book as if the Lord himself wrote it. It means I don't do that. When I've been trying to write a book for the last 10 years on my own, they've gotten nowhere. Then the Lord tells me to write the book. It's the time to write the book. He tells me how to write the book. He gives me the understanding of what he's trying to do with the book. And believe it or not, the miraculous thing is I actually enjoy writing the book. And when I sit down and actually read it, it's really coming together and it all makes sense. It's amazing to me. Amen. He will give you the grace to do what he's called you to do if you let him. So he taught, I love this too. Look at him. He's talking with his disciples. He's not rebuking them. He goes, well, how, how many, you know, they're like, we don't have enough to do this. Well, how many loaves of bread do we have? So, so know this. When you're asking, when you're trying to solve a problem, whether it's with your children, whether it's with your spouse, whether it's with your job, whether it's with ministry, always stop and look at what do you have? What has already been supplied? Amen. It's okay. It's okay to look at what needs to be multiplied. 
it's okay to look at, we don't have to start from scratch with this. What do you already have? And some of you would get freer and move into more blessing, prosperity, if you look at what you already have. Lord, what do I do with what I have? How, how do I use this? So ask the Lord, give me, give me those kind of ways to think, Lord, like you do. And they tell him seven. He then directs the people to sit down on the ground and taking these seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them. And he repeatedly gave them to his disciples to set before them and they served the crowd. Now this was thousands of people. Okay, I'm not good at, I'm not good at hospitality. Like if I have a few people over to my house, I don't cook that well. And I never, ever can get everything uh, to people on time that it's still warm. Like Margaret has that gift. Margaret can have everybody over and, and next thing you know, all this homemade hot foods coming out and everything else. Nicole's pretty good at that too. I can't do it. So I don't try to. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Even if we cook something on the grill, whatever go is going to go with it is not going to be ready at the same time. It's just not my gift. But here, here is the Lord with the grace. Now think about this. Here is God himself in flesh moving in grace to feed thousands of people. How amazing is that? How, how, I want you to see him, guys. Sometimes we make him look like this faraway, distant God, and we don't actually let Holy Spirit reveal in the scriptures how awesome he is and how wonderful it is to hang out with him and how much he's for us and not against us and how he could rebuke us all the time, but he doesn't. Amen? And he's working with his disciples, his team, as, as if they're all exactly the same. And he's showing us here, and I want you to see this. You take what you already have and you thank God for it. Not as a ritual, but as something coming from your heart. And you can look a little bit at your life and see if you have a grateful heart. I'll be honest, I seriously thank God for my life all the time. I thank God for, for my husband all the time. Thank you, Lord. He's working so hard. How can I bless him, Lord, and, you know, help him with this? For my, my sons and my daughter-in-law and, and um, someone Michael's dating now that I really like. And, and, I, and I just thank the Lord, you know, for that. I used to thank the Lord for my little Bella dog. I didn't thank the Lord for all my dogs necessarily, but I really thank the Lord for that dog. Amen. I really enjoyed that dog's company. I thank the Lord for this church. I thank the Lord for the orphanage or the children's home. I thank him for being on the right. I just thank him. And actually, I'm getting even convicted as I'm saying this. We need to thank him more out of true gratefulness because God cannot help but want to bless those who recognize his goodness. Amen? It's really like a parent. If my child appreciates what I give them Amen. and what I do for them, it stirs in my heart wanting to do more for them and give them more. Not so they'll like me. Not, not to manipulate them. Not to get them to do what I want. I just, God has made us in his image and his likeness. And, and unless we're really wounded, then if someone is blessed by what we do, we just want to keep blessing them. Amen? Not trying to win their favor, not spoiling them, not trying 
we would prefer to give and give and give. I would prefer to give and give and give to my children. Amen? But if they don't appreciate it, or they're not grateful, or they don't understand what that cost, what you're giving up to do that, then it then we have to really seek the Lord to get our heart right, to forgive them, and to still be led by His Spirit to bless. Amen? But God looks at us that way. And, and you know, you know if you thought, thanked Him today. You know, if you're like, well, I don't have all that you have. I didn't have all that I have. I thanked Him when He took my sorrow and grief. I thanked Him in the yard when my daughter's body was there and her, she wasn't in it. I thanked Him that He was going to get me through it. I thanked Him that He was bigger than this. I thanked Him that He was real gratefulness and a thankful heart is something that is inside of your heart instead of bitterness. Amen? Bitterness is really the opposite of a thankful heart towards the Lord. And you need to take all that bitterness and you need to give it to God once and for all. He is a good God. It doesn't, it, it, your parents might have been lousy. You might have gone through some hard things. You might have done some wrong things. Can I get an Amen? But God is perfect. Amen. And quit holding it against him what somebody has done led by the enemy to hurt you. Amen? Quit holding that against God. That's what bitterness is. Let it go. How do you let it go? You forgive the people who hurt you because they didn't know what they were doing spiritually. And you give it to God and you mean it. Hey. You give it to God and you mean it. God, and when the devil tries to make you think about it and the devil tries to make you think how bad you have it and the devil tries to make you think of what happened to you, you just stop and you say, I'm not, I'm not entertaining that thought. I'm not going there. I am going to say thankful to who God is. Amen? So I forgive that person who's done that. When the enemy brings something back to you and back to you, it doesn't mean you haven't forgiven necessarily. It means he knows he had you there and he's trying to get back in. And you need to get quick with this. I take authority and I punish that spirit that would even try to talk to me or talk in my thinking and cause me to come in agreement with a lie. Amen? I cast it down in the name of Jesus Christ and I refuse it. And I ask God, punish that spirit that just tried to bring that thing about from my past back to me. I'm not receiving. Just because something comes into your thinking doesn't mean it's still in your heart. Now, if you're still acting on it and living it out, it's still in your heart. You need some deliverance. Amen? But the enemy's, he's, he goes around like a roaring lion, right? He's looking, how can I get in and make them think that's back? How can I get in and make them begin to believe they haven't changed? How can I get in and make them, he's, do y'all get it? Satan does that mess. Amen? So you've got to train yourself to do things God's way. Begin to thank God. If the enemy makes you feel angry towards your parent or angry towards your child or your spouse or your pastor, you need to begin to thank God for them. Amen? And even now, I've got that neighbor at that one house, my rental house. And, and when I see that person and I know how they try to, the devil used them to try to steal my joy and, and, and try to close that place out, it, it, it just, I'm serious, my flesh just wants to like, just get them away from me. I hear him laughing or whatever. And it's like, okay, Lord. And I even knew this last time. 
I am going, I have forgiven them. I separate them from that spirit. I, I break the power of focusing on them. And Lord, help me to really want them saved. Help me to believe that they're going to become one of the best neighbors that I have there. Amen. And, and I got to tell you, my brain does not agree with that yet. My brain is like, I'm okay if I never have anything to do with them. That's fine. Let them shut up and live there and leave me alone. Can I get an amen? But it's like, Lord, I need a heart that truly wants them saved. I need a heart that knows that you could take what was meant for evil and turn it to good. Amen. And so help me with this. Help me. Help me just really be changed by you. Amen. It's really difficult when I'm preaching he's convicting me. Ah, <laughs> it's like, it's because, no, I don't want to say hi to him when I see him there. I like to walk right by and hope he doesn't even recognize me and does not care. Because he trashed me to the other neighbors. He tried to trash me to my own housekeeping staff. He lied about me and he really was a pain. And my thinking has been, why even bother with him? I forgive him. Oh, man, I hope I don't have to say hello to him when I go next time. <laughs> he was gone for a year. I never ran into him for a year. I did not say a word to him last week when he was there and I was there. I say, hey, how you doing? Like nothing happened. I, oh, oh, okay. I need God to change my heart there. Maybe he's waiting for me to just be neighborly. Maybe I should bring him some baked goods or something. Lord, help me. Maybe I should be the peacemaker. Maybe I shouldn't preach like this when I just give <laughs> Amen? Because your thinking is, I didn't start this. You know, he didn't say he's sorry for calling me and cussing me out and causing such a mess. But God already turned it to good. He already showed me things to pray for in politics. He already showed me things that had to be set free. He, God took me through and he used what Satan meant for evil to bring me to a deeper place in God to pray for our nation. Amen? Ho! So why can't I be thankful for that? Holy Spirit's asking me. <laughs> Amen. So, okay, I'm going to. I'm getting a card. And next time I go down, whether he's there or not, I'm leaving that card on his door. Instead of the whole time I was there this time, they'd walk by, talk to any other neighbors, wouldn't say a word to me. I'd walk by, and I would purposely look the other way. I was like, put our stuff over there so that loudmouth neighbor doesn't get near us. And the Lord loves him. The Lord loves him. See, you've got to get to this place where you're humble yourself and do the hard thing because it's the God thing. Amen? Well, what if he rejects me? So what? He's, who cares? That's between him and God. God's not getting you to do things because you need to have that person be your friend or you need your parent to treat you a certain way or you need your spouse to treat you a certain way or you need your teacher or pastor. No, no, God doesn't work in that way. He is all we need. He's all we need. 
He's doing these things in humbling us so that we become like him. And let's face it, what he went through, nothing we go through is going to even close to compare. It takes a dying to self to humble yourself when you are not the one who was wrong. Or let's say as wrong. I really, I wasn't planning on preaching this as everybody knows. I hear the Lord saying, we need some peacemakers. You need some peacemakers in your homes. We need to get excited again about being the one who rises up to the place of a peacemaker and get the grace to do that. And we ought to get to a place where we want to do that before the other person does it. Thank you for coming to my conviction message tonight. And um, <laughs> I already knew this last week and I would not even think about it. God is hilarious. I, I know in my heart that when you step out and you break through these things and you don't let the devil put hardness in your heart, amen, or bitterness in your heart, it's a victory. I know how great it feels to overcome. So I'm actually going to be excited and I'll be disappointed if that person's not there when I go in August for the youth retreat. For real. Up to now, every time I come into this car, I'm like, yes! Woohoo! And, and I believe he told some neighbors, which I didn't want him talking to the guest at my house. And so one of the guests wrote, yeah, your neighbor said I'm the best guest that's ever been there. And I did not say, don't listen to them. They're, they're just mean and evil. I, did, I was, oh, that's nice. And they even wrote it on their review. Yeah, and the next door neighbor guest uh, uh, owner said, I was the best guest that's ever been at the house. They were so happy about that. And I was good. I did not burst that bubble. Amen. But my heart was not... Oh, isn't that nice? He's finally, somebody's there that he's not upset that's there. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to go deeper. Come on, you got to go deeper and let God dig this stuff out. Dig that hurt place out. Dig that bitterness out. Dig that thing you can go all the way back to. Spend five minutes with God and seriously say, show me any place where anger or bitterness or hurt was planted in me and it was not deserved. And... I have kind of let it stay in there. I haven't let it grow, but it's hindering me being able to walk in your perfect love. Help me to see these people the way you see them. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. But it would be awesome if only the enemy was punished because the people get free. When you forgive those who despitefully use you, you open the door for Holy Spirit to move in a powerful way. And even though we could close our hearts and say, I don't really care about that, that's when we're hardening our heart. Amen? That's when we're hardening our heart, and that's when God is saying, you can't do it this way. You can't do it this way. We have to care. What does he say? Because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. I don't want my love to grow cold 
because somebody calls and cusses me out. Hatefully cusses me out. I mean, demonic little spears flying at me. And, 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 I, and I walk in the house and then I feel like it's all changed. It was so strange. But then it's like, Lord, show me how to get this place back for your glory. And it doesn't mean that something bad has to happen to that person. Amen? And so the Lord's just testing us all the time. Are you going to be able to handle the power in this last day? Are you going to walk in love no matter what? Are you willing to lay down your own life so that you aren't used by the enemy to set somebody else up for destruction? <laughs> we have so much dying to do, don't we? Or am I just talking to just me tonight? See, these are the things where you choose to stop and think about it and do what you need to do. Amen? All right. Now, listen how this all fits into what we're saying. Okay. So he directed the people to sit down on the ground. And taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them. And gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and they served the crowd. They also had a few small fish, and when Jesus had blessed them and given thanks, can I say, let's get back to blessing our food? Not only for divine protection against whatever stuff could be in that food, but if you want, in the day we're living, for that food to multiply, you have to have a great heart for what you have not for what you don't have and somebody else has you have to get your eyes completely off of what someone else has you have to get your eyes off of what that person has or what they have or where they flow in the holy spirit your eyes have got to get off of envy and anybody else amen and completely on being thankful for what you have you want your relationships to change. You begin to thank God for those people in your life, even if the enemy has set you up to try to hurt each other. You, you sit there in the morning until you can agree with God about the relationships that you are in. Amen? Amen? You have to do this. This is the stuff you have to do. He shows us this in his word. We have to bless our food. We have to be thankful. We have to thank God. Then he ordered that the fish be set before all the people. And the people ate and were satisfied. And they picked up seven large baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. I know there's a lot of prophetic signs in this. I know there's a lot more teaching in this. I just want to get to this other part, okay? About 4,000 men were there and women and children. And then he sent them away. So when there's 4,000 men, you're looking at families. So there's probably at least eight if you include the wives. And most of them had more than one or two kids. So you're looking at anywhere from, you know, 15 to 20 to more thousand people that he fed at one time with seven loaves of bread and a couple of fish. How amazing is that? So does anybody have to be afraid of uh, future food shortages? But we have to be grateful for what he gives us and bless and be willing to share it, that it be multiplied. He's talking to me again. Amen. 
They say, you want to prosper. You want things to change in your life. You've got to begin to share, not to get anything back. Because God's blessed you. The same God who blessed you will continue to bless you. Amen. The same God who gave you that fish will give you more fish. The same God who gave you that bread. It's acknowledging that he will take care of you. Amen. And as you know that you know that you know that you'll be taken care of, then you'll have a freedom to take care of others. No strings attached. I'm not taking care of you so one day you'll take care of me. I'm not taking care of you so you'll want to come to this church. I'm not taking care of you so you think I'm nice. No, there's no enabling codependency strings attached. I'm going to get the grace from God to take care of whoever he puts in my path to take care of because I already have confidence that he is already going to take care of me. How many need to hear this? How many really need? We need to hear this, amen. We are living in the day where we will possibly have to see these kind of miracles. And so if you don't take what you have, thank God for it, recognize he brought it, and give it away, then, then you're blocking a spiritual law of how God works to bless us, amen? So And, and know this. So when you hear these kind of things, Ask Holy Spirit to make it real. Ask Holy Spirit to make it real. This is not a formula to work with your head. Amen? Amen? This is not a pretended faith thing. This is a revelation in my spirit that says, I can trust God. He's going to take care of me. He has taken care of me. I can, I can thank him for what he's given me. I can thank him for how he's done it. I can thank him for how good he is. Amen? He is a good God. And if he chooses to give me something that I can bless others with, I want to be free to bless them. Amen? Not to get something back. Not to work a spiritual law so that I can get a 30-fold. I will get a 30, 60, or 100-fold because my heart is to trust the God and what he gives me, he gives it to everybody that he sends in my path to bless. Amen? that I could be one he trusts to steward it. Amen? And, and no strings attached. See, that's the, that's the awesome thing about seeing Jesus in scriptures. He has no strings attached. He's not doing this because he wants other people to see this miracle. He's doing this because in this particular situation, he cares about those people eating a meal that's going to help them get all the way home. I need this for when I go back on the mission field starting in January because we usually have a lot of people who show up wherever we're eating. And, and though it seems like, hey, the food's more reasonable, but not when you have to pay for 10 people or 30 people every meal. And you're wondering, how, where, where's this money going to come from? How much money did I bring? Amen? I, I want to live in that revelation that he will always take care of me. Amen? And I believe that. I see that. I see the multiplication of the Lord all the time. I believe he's going to take care of this place. Amen? We, this, we gave out quite a bit of money recently, and I didn't do it out of anything except for the Lord said, do this, and my heart was, I want to bless this. And, and I've got to preach to myself every now and then when I look at the bank statement, and I'm thinking, ooh, should I have done that? Should I have hired somebody right now? Should I? And the truth is, yes, because my heart is to do what he wants. My heart is to obey him. 
I don't want to just obey him. I want the heart that God has that agrees with his way of doing things. Amen. But can I tell you, until you get there, just obey him because he's God. But even when you just obey him because he's God, begin to want the heart of God behind the obedience. Amen. And let's totally let God wean us from all the teaching everywhere about you do this to get this. Jesus did not feed those people so that they would give him a big offering. He fed them because he cared about them. And he, I think, as he preached to them and he knew them, think that be God and, and you're preaching and you see somebody and you, you knew when they were formed in their mother's womb. And you saw the heart of God about them before they were ever born. And, and you even know what's going to happen to them. You know, it's amazing for who he was. And look, at, I, he, I bet he was so full of love. Like he knew who was there. And, you know, he, he, when we say the mind of Christ, he was, did have the mind of Christ. He was Christ. Amen. He had the heart of God. And, and I just feel like he probably had so much love and compassion by the time he finished ministering. And, and when you really begin to flow with Holy Spirit, you get like that. When I prophesy over somebody, maybe somebody I didn't care that much about before, and I begin to see them through the eyes of God and what they've walked through and how he wants to heal and what he's done, it just changes your heart. I'm telling you, get into the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you to see people the way he sees people and begin to be part of the yielded vessel that helps them to become who he wants them to become. That's real ministry. That's real parenting. And that's really uh, the love that God wants between a husband and a wife. That's a real leader of a ministry or a business. That's a real heart of the fivefold ministry. Amen? Amen. Jesus, in this one demonstration, is showing us the heart of who serves. Jesus served all those people after preaching to them for three days. Because he cared about them. We've got to let God rip all this teaching, this Pharisee teaching out of us that we do this stuff to get something in return. But we also have to open our hearts and realize he's going to give it to us in return. So I know that I know it's going to be taken care of. Amen. Does anybody get what I'm saying? It's like it's like just this thin, thin line between between. Well, I'm doing, people who say, well, I'm doing this, but I don't expect anything back. Well, I have earnest expectation that his word is going to be faithful. Amen? I have earnest expectation that when I give, he is going to give it back. Why? Because he says so. But my motive is not to do that to get that. My motive is to be like him. Does everybody see the difference? God is going to wean his church from the spirit of error that's all over his church in the teaching. Amen. And it's not one way or the other. It's the way, but with the heart of God. And when we look at Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit revealed Jesus, we'll see these things. And guess what? That's going to keep us out of deception, right? It's going to keep me out of deception when somebody's doing an altar call which with, with witchcraft on it, promise me something that's unbiblical for them to be teaching with that spirit. Can I get an amen? But it's also going to keep me out of deception that I'm supposed to barely make it, have no money, and, and, and just not even know how God's going to do this. 
Amen. Do you, get, do you get what I'm saying? Remember, the Logos word, the written word without the rhema word, the revelation from the Holy Spirit can bring death. It makes you religious. It makes you follow rules. And believe it or not, a lot of the teaching that came from the Holy Spirit, including the faith message, including end time messages, including almost everything, has gone into a lot of legalism. Amen? And I want God to get all that out of me. I want this Pharisee. He came and rebuked the Pharisees. He came and rebuked those who knew his word, who tried to operate his word, who wanted to live out his word without his spirit. Amen? He called them hypocrites. You're a hypocrite when you try to live out the word of God because you can read it and get it planted in your brain, but you don't yield to the Holy Spirit who is the one, who's the main reason that it's even written. Amen? You cannot want just the Holy Spirit and no word, and you cannot want just the word and no Holy Spirit. The two go to, and we better get that word planted in us because if they take it from us, depending what country you're in, people listening, some countries, they're going to take that word from them. I don't believe it's going to happen in the U.S. for a long time. Ho! Amen? So I want that word planted in my heart so that I know it. But they can't take the Holy Spirit. Amen? They can't take the Holy Spirit. Legalism will destroy your witness. Legalism will turn your kids off. Legalism will turn your family off. Legalism hurts people. And there's no one who has to live under legalism. We are blessed that we can have the written word and the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us in a way to give life. Amen? And we need to cry out for that if we're not walking in that. This is what so much of the church is in so much bondage. Don't you want to hear God? Don't you want to hear God for yourself? Don't you want your children to hear God? Amen? Don't you want a relationship with God? Just in, the, in faith, just believe the devil's got to leave you who made you afraid of relationships. It doesn't matter that you had 20 horrible relationships. That has nothing to do with who God is. Amen? That was strategically planted by the enemy to make sure that you would never, ever have a strong relationship with God. And Jesus died so you could have a strong relationship with him as you want. You are as close to God as you choose to want to be and to believe to be. I'm telling you, when you read that word, you believe it. And you don't read that word to compute it in your brain and, and hurt other people with it. Amen? Amen? But you also don't just anything goes and everything's fine. Anything doesn't go and everything isn't fine. It's that place of reading the word and inviting Holy Spirit in and asking for revelation and asking him to show you and knowing that mercy and judgment are both things of God. Amen? That you speak the truth, but only in love. 
Because if I speak the truth outside of love, I'm legalistically shoving something down somebody's throat and they're looking at my life and they're looking at my attitude and they're looking at things that I've done and things, and they're like not buying it, which can have them reject the whole thing. I encourage you to pray a death and dumb spirit off of yourself and off of your family. Because the enemy can make you deaf to the spiritual things of God, can make you dumb in the sense of not able to preach or teach the spiritual things of God because you've judged it, you've come against it, you laughed about it, or deep in your heart you're bitter towards God. Amen? These are real things to spend time with the real God about. Amen? Isn't it it's so awesome that we can have a relationship with God and talk to him about anything? I, I do encourage you, if you minister to others, and it may not be called ministry, but you know you're telling others how to live their life and how to have victory. And it could be just one-on-one people you talk to. It could be counseling. It could be a position in ministry, whatever. It's a serious thing to not include the Holy Spirit in everything we do as believers. Amen? See, the Pharisees thought they were doing everything right, but they were deceived. They missed the time of their visitation because of their preconceived idea based on what they thought things were going to be like and how the word was. I don't want to miss a visitation, amen? I want to live in a constant visitation of God. Amen? All right. They also had a few small fish, and when Jesus had blessed them, gave thanks, he ordered these fish to to be set before them as well. And the people ate and were satisfied, and they picked up seven large baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were there besides the women and children, and he sent them away. Then immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of... (laughs) This one says Dalmanthia... D-A-L-M-A-N-U-T-H-A. The Pharisees came out and began to argue and debate with him, demanding for him to show them a sign from heaven. They wanted to test him because of their unbelief. One of the things that is going to happen in the last days, and I believe it's happening more and more and more as we get closer and closer to the last days, is counterfeit signs and wonders, counterfeit miracles. Amen? We cannot go by that. You cannot go by that. You can't go to a meeting because somebody says, you should have seen this sign that happened. You should have seen this. Th- what happens when you're there. Amen? Amen? You go because you see in the word, Holy Spirit directs you, and he gives you revelation about it. Amen? My prayer for myself and for you and for those listening and watching, we have to get serious about developing a relationship with Holy Spirit. Amen? We have to get serious about knowing Holy Spirit, walking with Holy Spirit. I encourage you to get some books, Good Morning Holy Spirit. There's a lot of other books out there about the Holy Spirit. We have a whole library where you could check out books about the Holy Spirit. You cannot skip that. Amen? 
I encourage young people. When I do this to cheat, y'all are going to get slain in the spirit. And I'm believing Holy Spirit's going to come all over you. And I don't, I'm not worrying about what your mom is thinking and your daddy's thinking and where they're at. I just want you filled with God. The only thing to get through the kind of horrible culture we're in today is not a lot of hidden knowledge about what's good and what's bad. It's a relationship with God where you know he, you're loved. You know you belong to him. You know he has your life planned out. And you know what he has is going to be more fun and more exciting than anything somebody on social media could be trying to get you interested in. And you mean it. Do you know how much fun I would have had had I known the Lord when I was like 14 or 15 like this? I did pretty good with the little bit I knew him. But I can't, I, it would be so cool to pray for my friends and they get healed. It would be so cool to talk to somebody that God brings me who's struggling with homosexuality or struggling not knowing if they're male or female these days and to be able to get wisdom from God, to share truth with them, to pray for them and watch them be made healed, completely whole, not caring if anybody else knows that God just did that through me. Amen? He's going to raise up a young people to do that. He's going to raise up a generation where his spirit's on all flesh and you could choose to be that or not. You're going to, you could have the most exciting life. I love my life in Christ. I've been walking in this now, goodness, at least 33, 34 years. And I've never backslidden. I've never gone backwards. I've never not been hungry. Seriously, I know to cry out to God to stir me to deeper hunger. I want to be in his word. I love teaching. Amen. I'm looking at Paul Keith Davis teaching on the throne room right now and some of this stuff, um, you know, he's got me learning all this end time stuff. I may never teach that, amen, which I'm fine with not teaching it. I want to know him. I want to know what's going on. I want to learn from him, amen? I want a real relationship with God. I want to keep growing. I have eternity to grow in God, amen? He, he only gives us a glimpse of a thousand year reign that's coming probably sooner than we think on the earth. What all are we going to be doing after that? And even during that thousand years, there's some scripture that makes it look like most of the bride is actually in heaven being prepared while those saints who died during tribulation are down here ruling and reigning with Christ on the earth. Like, well, I don't know if I see it. It doesn't matter. It's going to be what it's going to be. Amen. I don't have to try to figure it out. There's enough scripture to show it could be either way. Or maybe it's going to be one way for some and one way for the other. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me if it's pre, mid, post, whatever. All I know is the supper of the lamb, the marriage supper of the lamb is before he returns to Armageddon. That's clear. It's in scripture. He doesn't tell me how far. I don't believe his wrath is going to follow me. But is it because he's going to mark my forehead like he marks people's foreheads? Well, that's fine. That means I'm going to be here as light and everybody else is going to be going through a horrible time and it won't be fun watching it, but I'm going to see people saved. I'm going to watch a God who's able to feed me when they're saying you can't buy or sell. Amen? See, I'm not going to fight over which is which because the Bible doesn't clearly tell me. I can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the marriage supper of the Lamb is before Christ returns. I can't prove when that is 
as far as within the seven-year time period. I do know this. The last three and a half years before Christ comes back, it is the anger and the wrath of the Lord poured out. It is not about the devil. I know before that, it's about those who choose to serve the devil and not God. And in that time, I believe his church is here, crying out, being a witness, praying, seeking, speaking to the nations, and maturing a bride. I believe people are going to get saved. I believe some people's children are going to recognize their mama or their daddy wasn't that nutty when they preached all that. And now they're looking at this horrible world and I'm going to believe that they're going to be prepared not to take the mark of the beast. And I'll be honest, I'm not listening to anybody who thinks it's going to be 100 years away. It's unbiblical to not think it's going to be in your lifetime. Jesus rebukes those who thinks he's going to wait. Even the apostles, true apostles, thought it was going to be in their lifetime. It is unbiblical to think it's not going to be in your lifetime. And it's unbiblical to teach people to think that. And even if they're nice people and some things are right about, they're not right about that. Amen? He says, you won't know the hour. He says, it'll be as a day as of Noah. It won't a happy, happy God's kingdom winning in the days of Noah. What was the big key in the days of Noah? There were a bunch of perversions, a lot of sexual sin. Well, we qualify for that. The bride has to be ready, but we don't know if the bride is a handful of people that are ready. Amen? There's a pretty clear parable that half the bride goes and half has to stay. Or the virgins, those who want to be the bride. So all I can get of that is I want oil. I can't get oil with head knowledge. I can only get oil with a rubbed on relationship of Holy Spirit really being in my life. And kids, if you don't want to be here during that time, you got to also have oil. And you can't buy it from your mama or your daddy or your pastor. You've got to get hungry and want the presence of God. Amen? And I think we should cover all of it. Because nobody knows what they're talking about with a certainty because God makes it clear no one knows the hour. Amen? And so we need to just, it's cool. This person has a little piece. This has, how about let's put the pieces together and recognize what do we know that we know and let the rest go. Amen? That's what I do. I'm fine with it. I'm going to be okay no matter what because I'm just going to hang on to the Lord. Amen. I'm going to have oil by his grace because I'm going to stay hungry. He's going to be my first love. If I begin to watch that not happening, I'm going to shake myself. Amen. I'm going to get myself in church. I'm going to go to a conference and get stirred up. I'm going to read more of the word. I'm going to listen to more of the word. I am going to make sure that I stay hungry. How do you stay hungry? You know, if you got some really lousy food, and it really doesn't taste good, the only way you ever get hungry for that is if you're starving. Right? But how do you get hungry if there's lots of food? You eat good stuff. Like there's these chocolate, I think they're blue bunny or something, bars, and they're coated, they're 
chocolate with nuts and inside this vanilla ice cream that has chunks of chocolate in it. And I'm hungry for those even when I'm not hungry. I'll eat all my lunch. I'll be so full I can't, and I will just think, my brain automatically say, you know, I'm really hungry for one of those. Why am I hungry for that? Because it tastes good. You want to stay hungry? Go where it tastes good. Go to some meetings and conferences where the power of God is so awesome and the presence of God is so real. Get spend time with God where he tastes good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Get free from legalism. Get free from religion. Get free from trying to work your way in and make yourself stay hungry. Amen? The only way I can be hungry when there's plenty of food around is to eat what tastes good. Amen? Come on, everybody here knows. Maybe y'all, maybe not Karen. Maybe not Nicole. But they do. Everybody here knows. You've sat at a dinner at a restaurant and you ate and ate till you were so full. And you're saying, oh gosh, I'm so full. I'm so full. And they said, do you want dessert? No, no. And then somebody orders dessert. And they bring some fancy, 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 yummy looking dessert. And all of a sudden you're hungry. Even when you're not hungry, you'll take a bite and you can hardly put it in there, but you still want more. Does everybody get what I'm saying? God's stuff is prophetic. Everything in life is prophetic. You're not getting the really good stuff if you're not hungry. And that's because you're only choosing to hear the stuff that the enemy wants you to be scared of. You can't get to the good stuff until you begin to let God heal you, cleanse you, deliver you, and you trust him. Amen? Then you get to taste and see that he's good and nothing will ever satisfy you again but God. And then when you start to see you're satisfied with the world stuff, you have to stop and say, gosh, I got to go back to my first love. How did I do that? You know what? You go to something and you get your lazy stuff out and you go to a conference. You get your lazy self up and you go to a worship uh, meeting. You get your lazy self up and you seek the Lord and you get on the internet or whatever and you find some real teaching that stirs you to hunger. Amen? And you quit thinking somebody else has to spoon feed you because if you got to be spoon fed, you're just going to get baby food and it's never going to taste but so good. To get to the good stuff that makes you hungry for God, you've got to get it from God. You've got to have Holy Spirit as your teacher. God wants to become so good that we have to say, God, I can't take any more. I can't even breathe. If I can't stay in your presence. I just can't. But you've got to lay down your sin. You've got to break free from your entanglement. You've got to get past the elementary stuff and enter into the things of God where God, I don't care what this is going to look like to anybody else. I only want you. Amen. By the fruit, you'll know it. I can, if your life is super messed up and your family life is super messed up, you're not going to fool people who know the real. Amen. You might deceive yourself. He says, don't be deceived. Many will come in his name preaching what you want to hear. Amen. See, there's a difference in listening to what my flesh wants to hear and actually hearing the word of God 
taught by the anointing of God, whether it's through another teacher or Holy Spirit himself directly to me. Amen. He teaches and he convicts and he changes. Itchy ear preaching just says what you want to hear in your flesh. Stay away from that. Stay away from that. But stay away from Pharisee teaching that tells you how bad you are and you'll never make it and you better do this, 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 and this. Get to a place to, and quit listening to the enemy. Jesus died to set you free. Not just me. Not just Karen. Not just Nicole. Amen. He died to heal you. Not just me. Not just Karen. Not just, he died to heal you. Amen. He paid for you to be completely free. And there's no strings attached to that. It's done. You just have to trust and believe him and move into it. Amen. All right. All right. They immediately got into the boat with his disciples. He immediately got into the boat with his disciples and they went to this district of Dalmatia, the, uh, whatever. The Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, demanding from him a sign from heaven to test him. He groaned inside deeply in his spirit and said, okay, boy, we need to listen to this today. Why does this generation demand a sign? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Do not be of the generation that has to have a sign. You have people who will only go to a meeting because, did you see this? There's the sign and wonder there. And the church going through its immaturity in the prophetic, and me and everybody else, a lot of times, like, ooh, they really shake. Their, they, I'm not against anything Holy Spirit does. Amen? How? He can shake me all he wants. Amen? I love the move of the Spirit. I love when we went to that thing with Joshua Giles and the power of God was on him so strong and he prophesied and we were out under the power. I'm not going to pretend and I'm never going to be at a place to think anything that God is doing is boring or I'm above it. Amen? Ho! If he wants to pray, if, if somebody is led by the Holy Spirit to pray, I'm going to receive it. Amen? I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to thank God for it. I'm not going to have to go running from place to place to try to find the next thing. But if I hear Holy Spirit's moving somewhere and he tells me to go, I'm going to go. Amen? And I'm going to be led by his spirit, and it's going to stir me up to the next thing he has for my life. But I'm going to tell you, until you begin to give out of what he's already put in you, you'll never really get hungry. You'll just be looking for a sign. Leaving them, he again boarded the boat and left for the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to bring the bread and they only had one loaf with them in the boat. Jesus repeatedly ordered them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. What's this a warning? Watch out for people who act as if they know God and they only teach from religion in their head. Get that out of your heart. It's awesome to know the word of God. It's awesome to know the things of God, but it is meaningless and actually worse than meaningless unless we have the God who wrote it revealing it to us. Amen? 
and that's for everybody. That's for, that doesn't mean we're horrible if we're doing the other and we don't even know that. It doesn't mean we judge pastors and leaders and whole churches everywhere who are doing that. It means God is drawing us into this place to want the Spirit. Also, it, it's, it's just is bad to look for a sign and run to people who move in signs and wonders, but there's no word of God. There's no, people's discernment are so poor that if they see something supernatural, they automatically think it's God. You'll know them by the fruit. Not by the signs and wonders. Is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace? Is there goodness? Is there kindness? Is there, is there suffering? Is there patience? Are they changing before your eyes? The Bible says just nothing before it's time. The tares and the wheats are going to grow together. But guess what? The tares are starting to show up, people. A lot of the tares have left the building. I'm not asking you to figure out who's a tear. Probably wouldn't have known so many people left this building. But there are people who really aren't after God at all. We literally threw that tear out of here the other week on a Sunday morning because that person is sent by the enemy to try to hurt people here. We've thrown other tears out. We've thrown other tears out over time. Amen? But then we have people who still really want God, who have a heart for God, who are in bondage. That doesn't make them a tear. Amen? But it's time for your wheat to show. Amen? From what I understand, tares stand up stronger and stronger and think they're right. Wheat begins to bend and be humbled. And that's what you want to see in your own life. Am I being humbled? Am I more sensitive now to the heart of others? Am I wanting God to make me like him? Or am I starting so strong? Because the tares get tough and they know everything and they're going to do this and you better do that way and the humble and the the real wheat those planted of the lord they begin to say oh man i missed that oh god forgive me oh lord i can't believe people even listen to me then and there there comes a humbling amen and i know it's the opposite in the world amen in the world it's the opposite but in the kingdom that's how it is you know if you've been humbled. You know if God's convicted you and you've changed. You know if he's changing you. And, and you have, um, I believe, imitate me as I imitate Christ, so to speak. But you have someone who in front of you for years and years has been changed and humbled himself and has watched God. But let me say this. There's no condemnation in Christ. I don't regret that I stepped out and obeyed him when I wasn't as mature as I am now. Amen. I don't beat myself up for people who got hurt in that because the truth is I made it right as much as I can, but they needed to be there if God brought them there. And if they run and they're supposed to be there, they're going to be the ones that have to humble themselves. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we're waiting for the perfect ministers to show up, there had to be somebody along the line who was there when they weren't these mature ministers. Amen? I'm very thankful that God has kept this ministry small until I'm mature enough to not hurt many people. Amen? But also to really help a lot more people. So I'm thankful about that. And I'm not judging where doors open fast. And we need to pray for those people where doors open fast. Because we don't know how we'd handle that. Amen? We're all in this together. And God wants us to become like him. All right. 
He says, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. That's the lies. That's the lies that are told as if it's coming from, um, as if it's coming from, um, I want to see something. If you look at this, I never noticed this that much before. If you look at this particular thing, he's actually talking about the lies that are coming from the church leaders and the lies that are coming from the governmental leaders. We, we need to recognize that in the day we're living in, right? We need to begin to beware of the lies that are coming from church leaders, the lies such as covering, to be honest with you, the lies of do this because I say do, all these lies, we need to begin to recognize those are lies. I'm not listening to that. They're coming from the wrong spirit. And we need to recognize when our government is operating under the wrong spirit. Amen? And he doesn't say honor them no matter what. He says beware. Beware of the leaven, that's the lies, of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, that's government leaders. They begin discussing this with one another, saying, <laughs> I just love how real all this is. Here the Lord is in this big, powerful revelation. Stay away from the lies of the religious leaders. Stay away from the lies of the governmental leaders. And um, watch out for the leaven. And they said, they begin to say, is it because we have no bread? They're like, so, so it's okay. God knows how we are, okay? So once again, boom, they go right back in the natural. Is he talking about, um, is he talking about, you know, because we didn't bring bread? Jesus, aware of the discussion, says, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Okay, this is what I wanted to get to. Let me go to this in the um, literal. I want you to see this. Why do you reason because you have no loaves? Do you not yet perceive and realize? Have you, have, have you still hardened your hearts? Having eyes, can you not see? Having ears, can you not hear? Do you not remember? And then he goes on, when I broke the five loaves to the 5,000, how many handbaskets full did you take up afterwards? And they said to him, 12. And when the seven to the 4,000, how many lunch baskets did you take up afterwards? They said, seven. He said to them, how do you not understand? This is what I wanted to get to tonight. So he's asking some of us, you've seen miracle healings. You've seen your sister raised from the dead from in her mom's womb. You've seen God financially take care of you over and over. You've seen a melanoma tumor completely lose all the cancer in it. You've seen God rescue you from being kicked out of your house and living on the streets because of decisions you made that weren't smart. 
You've seen God completely take cancer out of your body. You've seen God not only bring a child that he had for you to raise into your life, but give you a word ahead of time to help you know that this was him. You've seen God heal. In this church, you've seen God heal. You've seen God deliver. You know of people who are bound to lifestyles of addiction and perversion and got healed and free. And what Jesus is saying in this, why don't you let that sink in and get it? Why can't you see? Why can't you hear him? Why can't you see into the spirit realm? Why can't you hear into the spirit realm? This is the Lord saying to these guys, you've witnessed it. You've seen it. That is enough for you to begin to live it. You've witnessed it. You've seen it. You've partaken of it. That is enough. Ho! That is enough for you to believe. Amen? And tonight, you're going to command the enemy. Loose your spiritual eyes. Loose your spiritual ears. And completely take his doubt and unbelief that torments your intellect away in the name of Jesus. And you're going to make that decision to believe him because you've seen it. Hmm. He came to demonstrate his word so that you would believe. He wasn't asking you to believe just based that it's written in a book that people call holy. Amen? He's not asking you to believe because it's written in a book that's called the Holy Bible. He came and he demonstrated it. Oh, and now he's put, at least the people in this room and those who've ever watched this ministry, he's put people on the planet who still yield to his spirit and you've seen. You've seen healings. You've seen deliverances. You've seen him make a way where there is no way. And he's saying to you tonight, why don't you see? Why don't you hear? Why don't you understand? And that's the question you need to go spend time with him about. And you need to get alone with God and say, you know what? I'm not leaving this place with you, Lord, until I see, until I hear, until I understand. But you have to obey him. Because if you can't see, hear, and understand after you've seen the goodness of God and the demonstration of God and you've heard the word of God preached to you, amen, then you are in agreement with some spirit that is not of his spirit that is able to keep you deaf to the things of the spirit and blind to the things of the spirit and not able to understand what Holy Spirit is trying to do in your life. And it is time to let those things go. He's not going to change what he is telling you to do and ordering your steps 
because you want him to do it a different way. Amen? Amen? See, you cannot order your life and your steps and then think it's God. Amen? You can't. He didn't die for you to be in charge. He didn't go to hell so you could be in charge. He didn't pay the price so you could have the life that you think you want. Everything he did was so his spirit could come inside of your body and your spirit man and put him in charge. 100% Lord, 100% King, not trying to figure out how is this going to help that person. He's got to help that person, not you. You are hindering God helping the very people that you've asked him to help if he's not giving you instructions that you're obeying. And you can go into deception if you can't hear and you can't see in the spirit and you can't understand after seeing the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God preached in truth. And if you still refuse to rebuke the control spirit in your life that wants to be in charge, then you're, you're really in danger of deception. You're in danger of hurting the very ones that you're praying for. I'm talking to everybody in this room. Amen? I'm talking... We can all think of certain people, but I'm talking to us. Amen. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. He is getting us to a place to want 100% obedience. And it looks like something. And it doesn't look like how you would write out the script for your life. Amen. It doesn't look like how you would do it. I believe so much of the prayers and the body of Christ are trying to tell God what to do. Because it would be easier for us, we think, if he did it our way. We have to get to a place to realize that God wants his glory. What gives God's glory in your life? I want you to get this. What gives God glory in your life is him leading your steps. What qualifies you as his sons and his daughters, his mature sons and daughters, are that you are led by the Holy Spirit. Not that you're led by anger, not that you're led by intellect, not that you're led by the written word of God, but that you're led by the Holy Spirit and it will fulfill what he's put in his written word. Amen? Amen? And you will have your healings and you will have your deliverances and you will have household salvations and your prayers will be powerful and he will take care of everything that concerns you. Amen. There is a catch. He doesn't want you in charge. He doesn't want you in charge. He's not even really partnering with us. If I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, it doesn't sound to me like he wants my input. Amen. But the freedom is that I don't have to give him my input. I just have to give him my whole self. Amen. And then I go for the ride of a lifetime. 
I don't know what we're going to do next. I don't know what Sunday service is going to look like. I don't know how he's going to fill this place up. I don't know how he's going to write the book. I don't know how he's going to get all my children where they need to be in him. I don't know how he's going to heal my body. I just know he is who he says he is, and I'm going to believe him. And you can call it, you know, well, she's not healed from that yet. I don't care what your opinion is about what I'm walking through. I care what his word says, and I'm being led by his spirit, not your judgments. Amen. Amen? So I can walk through stuff, but I remind myself, like he's saying, what is he saying there? Don't you remember when I did this? Don't you remember when I did this? So if I'm fighting something attacking my body, I don't just go and blah, blah, blah it to everybody and get on a prayer chain. I don't even see prayer chains in the scriptures. It says, if you can ask anybody, no, if you can come in agreement with anybody is touching, that's like one person who really gets it. Amen? And then he can lead people to all come together. They all prayed for, what it was it, Pete, was it for Peter to get out of jail? Then they didn't even believe it when he showed up at the door. I love the word because it shows how human we are, even as new creations in Christ Jesus. Amen? But that's the always struggle. Am I going to let my humanity stop me from being who I am as a new creation in Christ? And it looks like something, and it doesn't look like some of your lives. That's not to shame you. That's to wake you up. Because it can. Your life can change that quick. No matter how old or young, no matter what you've been through, no matter how hard you think you've had it, no matter how hard you have had it, it's up to you. It's up to you. And when you stand before God, you're not going to be able to blame your mom, your dad. You're not going to be able to blame somebody who hurt you. You're not going to be able to blame pastors. You're not going to be able to blame your spouse. You're not going to be able to blame anybody. When you stand before God, he knows what he went through, what he paid is enough. And he's not going to apologize to you for what you went through because he's already paid to heal you, deliver you, and set you free. Amen? And all of a sudden, all your excuses and all the life, they're gone. But wouldn't it be awesome to let him do that here, examine your heart here, heal you and set you free here so you can have this awesome life in Christ and glorify him? We are go here, here's, here's what I'm doing. I believe some of you are going to go for the ride with me. Amen. My heart's desire is to live for God's to be glorified. That's my heart's desire. I don't want to write this book. So somebody opens doors. I don't even want to preach before thousands that I've seen and before in my spirit. I only want to do what glorifies him. What is written in your book about me that's going to glorify you? What is written in your book? If he wrote in his book that he was going to bring you a child to adopt and he was going to make you the mother that he knows you can be for his glory, if that's written in his book, then let him do it. If it's written in his book that you're going to preach the gospel, that you're going to go missions trips, that you're going to have a gift of giving and hospitality, if it's written in his book, let him do it. And quit making any excuses and listening to the devil to stop it. It's really that simple. 
It's really that simple. But yes, he's not asking you to do it. He's asking you to agree with his will and want him to get the glory. See, a lot of what we've been doing at BFA is to help us to not want to touch his glory. And a lot of wrong teaching thinks we have a right to touch his glory. We do not have a right to touch his glory. How could we even think we should touch his glory if we even understand who he is? Amen? He's not a man that he can lie. He's not a man that he can lie. Your born-again part of you doesn't want to lie. Your flesh part of you wants to get yourself out of trouble every time you can and lie. Amen. We are in this struggle until we lay down these bodies of the flesh and the spirit. And when we think the flesh is spirit, because we have hid knowledge about the things of God, then he calls us a hypocrite and a Pharisee, and it's really hard to get free because we actually think that we are experiencing what he died for. And the truth is we're not. And he says, don't be deceived. Amen? And here, he's not asking you to do anything. He's asking you to receive everything. And everything in you that's going, oh, that's the stuff that doesn't belong in you. Amen? And everything in you that's going, yes, yes, that's what belongs in you. And I, I get more yeses of people on the camera there. <laughs> Amen? One day, I believe in this whole place will be filled with yes, yes, people. I believe in some of you will be them. But I'm not preaching to, I don't believe it. It can't be true people anymore. I've poured out 30 years trying to get poor me people to believe God's word. I'm not preaching. According to what you need anymore. I'm preaching according to who he is. And you better jump in. And believe it if you want what he has for your life. Amen? I'm not the savior. I'm not the healer. I'm not the rescuer. I'm nothing except his. And he's already done all he's going to do. You just have to choose to believe him. And that's your choice, not mine. I can't make it for you. I was never supposed to try to make it for you. I can't force you to make it. All I can really do is tell you what the word says, show you Holy Spirit, live this out before you, amen? Even when I don't do it greatly, to a place that maybe you'll get hungry to know him, amen? I just encourage you, let God heal everything in us that has decided that relationships are not the most important thing in the whole world relationships are the most important thing in the entire world. Relationships are more important than money. Relationships are more important than intellect. Relationships are more important than being right or being wrong. Relationships are the most important thing in the whole world. And 
and the one relationship that will change every other relationship is a relationship with Jesus Christ. A relationship where you hear him, walk with him, talk with him, obey him, and you will find out that you're being holy because he's holy. You'll find out you don't want to do those things that he doesn't want you to do. It'll be a real relationship, not a seeking signs and wonders relationship that ends in people who, who think they know God and they are seriously going to be the ones who cry out, Lord, Lord, didn't I prophesy? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? He goes, and he's going to say, away from me. Get back. Your work of iniquity, you have not let my spirit deal with your sin issues. You've not let my spirit make you holy. You have not. You've played games and you thought it was me and you knew deep down by my word it couldn't be me. I don't know you. And right now there is a lot of people in the church that he would say that to. Amen? But you can choose to know him. You can choose. He already died to know, so you could know him. Amen. He's already, he's already died. He's not saying everybody but you. That's a lie. He's saying, do you want to know me? If that makes you look like a baby Christian, then look like a baby Christian. Amen. If you, if you need to go back and read books about how just to get it, then do it. Amen. We're not competing. We have forever to grow in our relationship with God. We don't have forever to get born again. We don't have forever to get real about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Amen? But we have forever to grow in our relationship with God. I was talking to a young mom who's super gifted, like one of the most gifted people I know, and, and just could do children's books that are going to be amazing one day and, and do art for the Lord, but write for the Lord. Just amazing gift. And I said to this person, I said, you know, you're going to have forever to flow in those gifts. Can you imagine the murals that person could paint in heaven with all those colors and things? Whatever gift you have, enjoy this season you're in. Because the gift, he's never going to take it away. Amen? You'll be singing forever, playing music forever. That's what you do, amen? Writing, whatever. There's good, forever. So we're not in a gigantic hurry in the sense of I have to do this. I've wasted my life. No, you have to find him, know him, walk with him, and enjoy the season you're in. And nothing is more important than relationships. Nothing. Nothing. If I had to choose between all the money in the world and being some rich kid but without parents who loved me, I would choose parents who loved me. And I'll say this. Um, I watch how I say this. You know, last year we had a guest speaker here and this whole family came and they were musicians. And one of the things that amazed me the most about that family was how close that family is and how much they love each other. And I know they came from extreme poverty. And that kind of respect and love 
that they have for each other and for God is worth more than had they had all the money, wealth and fame, and people too busy to love them. Amen? So I am saying, start loving the people in your life. Whether it's your grandbabies, your children, your spouse, your kids, just really, your friends, just really start loving people. And remember this when you say, well, my family, so Jesus said, those who do the will of my father, those are my brothers, those are my sisters, those are my mom. Amen? Amen? So you have a big family. You have a big family. You have a big, big family. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? Those that you can hang out with and talk about the Lord with that do his will, they are your family. And if you have family that that can't happen yet, you pray for that natural family to get into the things of God and become your real family. Amen? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you can be more real and the more who you really are around people that God has brought into your life, you know, in church or whatever, than your family. I want to encourage you, when that happens, begin to ask God to show you. Break the deafness off of them. Amen? Break the muteness off it. Break whatever spirit got in there, probably because you had some self-righteousness or you did something to turn them off. Can I get an amen? And ask God to really forgive you and get that out of your heart so that he can bring reconciliation. Amen? So, with all that said, does everybody get anything out of tonight? Amen? Amen. Because I just want you to get in that word. I want you to listen to the word of promise. I want you to get the strong, I mean, the e-sword. I want you to get serious about taking time to sit down and seek after God. Seek what part of that is going to make you hungry. Amen. What part of that? What's in the way of that? What takes the place of that? Amen. Amen. And just get so serious about getting to know God. And don't let the devil tell you why you, well, uh, if you could hear God as well as some of you hear the devil, be amazing. You're not supposed to hear the devil loud at all, <laughs> but certainly not more than you hear God. What does it mean when I instantly hear the devil? It means you're in condemnation. Amen? So study that. God has not given me... Um, there, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, none. So if I'm not having any, if there's no condemnation, Satan can't talk to me. Amen? So, you, so if he can talk to you, you need to go after, why am I feeling condemned? Why, why do I still feel condemned? And let me say, if you have the Pharisee thing going on, that will cause condemnation. Because you're constantly trying to prove that you are not who the devil says that you are. The truth is the devil has no say in who I am and who I'm not. Amen? Because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not listening to the devil. If you're going to listen to him, how many knows he's going to talk to you? Can I give you another? If you listen to God, he'll talk to you. But he's not going to talk to you and, and as you, when you call the devil God. Choose whom you're going to serve. Choose whom you're going to serve this day. Choose who you're going to serve. 
and recognize the God that we serve is a good God. He's a good father. He loves us so much. He's not condemning us. He will correct us. He will convict us of sin. He will change us from glory to glory. Amen. But he never condemns us. I encourage some of you, go listen to the teaching on condemnation. Go to the mentorship page. Um, for those who are watching, you go to beautyforashes.org. Go under, um, I don't know what you go under. What do you go under, Karen? Partner with us? Go under the little link that says partner with us, and there's an option there to become a partner or to get on the mentorship. It doesn't cost much. If you're international, it's free. And you're, you have access to hundred, hundreds I mean, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of teaching and video. That's all labeled for you. You could just type right in there, condemnation. And the teaching with that topic in it will show up. And take some time. Don't quit thinking I have to be in the next new big thing. Till you get past condemnation, you're going to constantly be going back and forth. Get rid of condemnation to the point where if Satan even opens his condemning mouth, you're going to put it, you're, you're going to squish him. Amen. Now, don't live for the devil and not expect him to condemn you. Amen? You can't live for the devil and not expect him to condemn you. Choose who you're going to serve. Just choose who you're going to serve. Amen? Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you're going to win us with your goodness. Lord, I pray that you win our families with your goodness. Father, I thank you there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to listen to any condemning voices of the enemy. My heart is to say yes to you and to obey you. So help me to do that, Holy Spirit. Teach me your ways, O oh God. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, God. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.